Hello, everybody. We are just a couple days away from the season seven premiere. Hannah and I are on a pre-Game of Thrones group podcasting trip preparing for the new season. And we thought it would be the perfect time for some last minute homework on the series. In case you didn't know, iBooks has an exclusive version of George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones called the Enhanced Editions that help you keep track of the storylines and the characters in a fun and interactive way. So we're going to be talking about that in addition to everything else today. But these enhanced editions are legitimately the coolest interactive reading experience I've ever had. We've just spent the last 15 minutes on the journeys portion where you can pick a character and see where they've been in that book. Victorian Greyjoy, Stepstone, Atlantis. <laughs> it's honestly, this is... It's the, really, really so cool. We're, we're going to talk about this more, but we wanted to start the episode and tell you guys about it. And... Get on with the show. These books are available exclusively on iBooks, and you can go to apple.co slash Game of Thrones to check them out. They're not available in all countries, but they're probably available where you live. That's apple.co slash Game of Thrones. We're obsessed, and we know you will be too. So a woman who has not spent a single day of her adult life in Westeros becomes the ruler of Westeros. That's justice. There is only one God. Dragons haven't won a war in 300 years. Armies win them all the time. You've made thousands of enemies all across the world. You're the mother of dragons. Lord Snow here grew up in a castle. She's little more than a Looks child. Looks like the bastard's in love. Fuck the king. Targaryen. Things I do for love. No, no, no. You hunt for this Why bastard. should anyone That's trust That's why I read so much Jon Snow. You must be this. The true enemy won't wait out the storm. You have no one at your side who understands the land you Knowledge. It brings the power. Uh, real quick. When you say unite or reunite, is it just like come together on a screen to interact or like form an alliance and make plans together? Either or. Either or, yeah. Yeah, whatever you want. I like how you have pen and paper out and you're answering these questions so honestly. Take it very seriously. (laughs) I've got my document with my notes. We appreciate it. Everyone that's listening, hi, how are you? This is Game of Bones. Thank you for listening. The new season of Game of Thrones is... Days away. In a few days. Hours away. (laughs) Uh, and to prepare for season seven what better way than for us to come crash at casa de history of westeros (laughs) (laughs) directly after con of thrones castle this is truly a castle thank you so much for having us guys (laughs) hey thanks for coming it's been great it's been so much fun uh just want to say Quick shout out at the very beginning of the episode to the jam sessions that have been going down in this house. <laughs> it's like we are reading each other's souls. Particularly <laughs> Apple, Sean. Hair, grape, all the jams. Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> Con of Thrones was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was so much fun that we all went home for one day and decided to keep going. <laughs> are you guys excited for the new season? We know we haven't talked about it a lot. There's been. a new season? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's all we've talked about since that's we got true. here. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's talking about fall. fall oh, oh yeah, I'm excited Summer about fall. It's pretty muggy here. 
Yeah. We're in the, a castle that's surrounded by trees. And for the most part, we've been doing pre-season seven that, I don't know, I can't speak for you guys outside of conversations. <laughs> so like on, on recording, <laughs> but for me, it's something I know that I needed. And I didn't really, I wasn't really sure that uh, I didn't, you know, think about it, but it's been, it's been really good. I'm really mm-hmm. excited. Yeah. I think that my favorite moment of all of us hanging out together so far was when the George R. R. Martin news Oof. dropped. <laughs> and we were all sitting around the computer constantly refreshing not a blog over and over again for hours still waiting still waiting still, still waiting today <laughs> but it was it. like it was one of those things where it's like we're doing other stuff and hanging out and every once in a while someone would be like hey did you refresh lately <laughs> <laughs> but every once in a while every two minutes yeah, every, maybe. Like, <laughs> 10 minutes or so yeah still no real concrete answers but for those of you who haven't been over to not a blog recently or not checked twitter or anywhere on the internet uh, George R. R. Martin posted a, can you even call it a riddle? No, we don't even <laughs> really know what it is or what it means, but all we know that is about Valyria. And it implied that there was going to be an update in one hour. Yes, it has been approximately 24 hours <laughs> or something like that. This was the, I mean, it's kind of on brand though. <laughs> yeah, it's very <laughs> Apparently it's a Bible verse that he just changed one word to Valyria, the location to Valyria. Uh, but, uh, but still, it doesn't necessarily no. help us figure out. <laughs> right. So we spent some time speculating what that could and couldn't mean. What did you guys think last night when it came out? Uh, I w- it was confusing because of the tag. That was the fir- mm-hmm. one of the first things we tried to look at and how was how he tagged it. Because he usually tags TV stuff with the HBO uh, and or Game of Thrones tag. And this one was tagged Song of Ice and Fire. And he rarely uses the Song of Ice and Fire tags, mm-hmm. as we discovered by looking at how All often he used them. And <laughs> so that just made it more confusing because it seemed to be... You know, if it was a TV thing, that would be like, okay, well, the premiere was last night. Mm-hmm. So for like in for LA or whatever. So it could have had something to do with that. Maybe there's a Doom flashback or Valyria flashback. That didn't seem very likely, but it was certainly possible. But now that, you know, <laughs> I don't know it yeah. seems less likely now. Yeah, I agree. We've seen lots of speculation about, and even some in the comments. So we'll get to this in a little bit. But on Watchers, we asked everybody a couple questions about the upcoming season. And one of them was, what's going to happen in episode one? And there were some people who were trying to fit into how Valyria could fit into episode one of season seven. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's okay, a little please. bit of a, I mean, I, I think it's a little bit of a stretch, but that's one of the pieces of speculation. Yeah. Maybe it was meant for people attending the premiere. Maybe it's just right? yeah. the timing of it. He was wasn't right at the premiere himself. But, right. But he still yeah. might want those people to know, yeah. Hey, here's a little clue what's coming. True, yeah. Very very masked way a very public <laughs> again the tagging is what throws that off mm-hmm. right? like he didn't song tag game of thrones he tagged song of Ice yeah it's yeah really odd. but but the title dragonstone of the first episode you know that's that yeah that could relate because that is where the targaryens fled and right the, the art here in this post is is it, it reminds me of the spires of dragonstone as well yeah, but it's weird because he also has a Greyjoy sigil attached yeah. to the post yeah, yeah. And that's from the World of Ice and Fire. <laughs> okay, now we haven't mentioned that George also marked the emotion on his post. It says current mood, enigmatic. Yeah. <laughs> we and you disabled like, comments. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Can we read? Let's read the what the post says. All right. You're so just giving him what he wants. All this I know. attention. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we're feeding into well, the no, problem. I have to say thanks to George because we were hanging out last night, a couple days before season seven, a couple days after Con of Thrones with each other having a great time and then this drops yeah and it was just like it was it was about the most sincere thing that could have happened and it's really funny because if he didn't go since he didn't go to the premiere like you said and the location is marked as santa fe 
this is just a wonderful show of power. Just the Greyjoy emblem, the concept <laughs> art of Valyria in this quote that reads, alas, alas, that great city, Valyria, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. Posted at 5.08 p.m. yesterday. I think the I think the Bible verses is Bethlehem or something like mm-hmm. that instead of Valyria, I forget. But it still doesn't help. So a prince is born. <laughs> Maybe the Grand Joy Central BNC was raiding the premiere with that news. He's like, I'm going to distract some of the, take some of the steam away from the with a raid. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I mean, everything's been dominated with information coming out of the season seven premiere or the red carpet premiere with a bunch of the interviews that have been happening on the red carpet and photos that we've got of the first episode in the last couple of days and more and more details about what each episode is called. And so in the midst of all that. Hey, that carpet was blue. It was blue. <laughs> it was very blue. The blue carpet. <laughs> and Joanna, our friend Joanna Robinson from A Storm of Spoilers and A Cast of Kings, took pictures of what looked like um, just really tall people in costumes on stilts. Mm-hmm. And then she followed up and was like, by the way, uh, I can't say this for certain, but I'm pretty sure that these were supposed to be ice dragons walking around. The oh. Which is wild. <laughs> so it's, that's a bit more suggestive than a trailer. But <laughs> I was impressed by that huge Westeros map that they yeah. had just covering the, the dance floor. floor. The dance I floor, the that ultimate dance floor. I was really disappointed that I didn't think of that for Game of Thrones. Well, I think I that know. you guys do need it in your house because you've got a million maps of Westeros eventually, everywhere. It's eventually the next all the walls, piece. the ceiling, the, the carpet, everything <laughs> will be maps. Every well, I guess they wonder if the floor was kind of like the, the shots of Cersei having her own. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Painted floor. Meant to be like that. Not mm-hmm. the painted table. That's pretty cool. Well, there's our photos. We're looking at photos right now from the first episode before we get to these questions because, I mean, they're from the first episode, so this is pretty cool. I feel like yeah. there's been so much overshadowed by, like you said, the all the interviews and the news from the red carpet mirror and then George and this Valeria post. And I was like, oh, by the way, here's confirmation that Mira goes to the wall and that they make it through. In the first episode. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Dollar's mm-hmm. Ed. Like to see him back. A lot of people think that he dies. Yeah. We saw a lot of those answers. And uh, the fire looks about as good as it's ever it ever has. The beards also look about as burly as they ever have. <laughs> and Brienne is training Podrick for what looks like to be a serious fight. Mm-hmm. And Excellent. the artist's rendition of the painted floor. Cersei looking mildly concerned about the progress on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And our hero shot of Lyanna Mormont, which Mm -hmm. I think that HBO knows that we deserve. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's the same shot we've seen a hundred times from a hundred different angles, but it's still still exciting. And so I think that like the biggest confirmation that we get out of these new photos from the first episode is that Mira and Bran make it through the wall. Because if you look we've seen in the trailer, we see them approaching and there's not really much in their way, but here we see them, or we see Mira and can assume that Bran is with her. With her. <laughs> I don't know, she looks pretty upset about something. <laughs> like, oh, I forgot No, something. she looks happy that she doesn't have to pull that guy anymore. <laughs> no, no, she's seeing the, she sees the wheelchair for the first yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> like, it also opens up, not just that they definitively get through, but that it happens in the first episode. Because mm-hmm. it's the type of thing, it could have been slow roll till the end, mm-hmm. and that makes right. you reevaluate when or if he'll meet Sansa or John or whoever else. Mm-hmm. But knowing it happened in the season, in episode one, makes certain other thoughts more clear. Yeah, and that's been interesting. So as we were scrolling through comments on Watchers and as we've been reading a lot of these interviews that happened last night on the blue carpet, a lot of people <laughs> have been talking about the pacing of this season. And we've we've been 
speculating and spending a lot of time on the season's shorter and we don't have as many episodes and blah, blah, blah. But we get so much affirmation of this thing is going to be fast paced. It's going to be filled with a lot of action. Anything can happen. And so there, I think that we cannot necessarily play by the same rules of what a typical episode one might be. And we can get into this a little bit later in the episode when we talk about some other speculation and theory that we got from comments and watchers. But there's a couple thoughts and ideas that like we could see some major, major things happening in episode one because the pace is going to be quicker and we've got more ground to cover. And you think about where we are right now versus where we need to be by the end of the next yeah. couple episodes that yeah. people are saying things like the a Euron battle or Littlefinger mm. dying or all these types of things mm. could all happen in episode one. And I think some of those things, you know, may be a stretch, but I think that seeing Brandon Mira make it to that's the wall, thing, yeah. that's a big thing. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the first couple moments that we kick off season one with. Yeah, I saw speculation that the water battle from the trailer was near the opening of the first episode, just like yeah. starting, yeah, starting that's hard. Think, that's what I've, I've been reading too. And I think that that's like, We've also heard from people who were at the premiere and just from around that the opening of the first episode is pretty incredible and pretty unbelievable. And so having something like that would be like a, a battle in episode one. You know, yeah. we'll see. But that's that's setting a tone for the next handful of episodes. I'm hoping an opening sequence that is like what happened after the Red Wedding, the opening of season four in Two Swords, except we're going to go to Valyria and we'll see them shaping valyrian steel oh, yeah. <laughs> <The cavers> underneath. <laughs> if we go to valyria in episode one i mean that would be, I, that would be that's, that's what we want but <laughs> it might be a clear signal of where the spinoff's going right yeah, 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 yeah. i mean that would be a, yeah that would be really cool so i guess I, I wanted to ask you guys leading up until into the other seasons i think felt to me felt different than this season i want to know if it's the same for me, I feel like season seven, we're all expecting it to be what she said, which is something that has a pacing. At least that's what they've been saying in the quotes and the interviews that they design a message for, you know, through. It seems like the designed message is that this is they're not just saying that there's big moments. They're, they're also talking about the, the kind of way the moments happen and the fact that it's just kind of cascading the whole time. So I guess what I'm asking is, does it feel different to you? actually or do you think it's mostly just press and it might just be the same show as normal i mean i think that it has to be different we had a longer wait for one so that ramps up the excitement even more and we're waiting for fewer episodes and so you just know that things have to be different and so i think it just is for sure different what do you think it's going to be like do you think it's going to be the way they say where we just open up in the first episode and there's maybe a, uh, a sea fight and yeah then... i think it's going to definitely move quickly i think it's going to be within the first you know, a couple episodes that some big characters are reunited with each other that Danny and John are going to meet. I don't think it's going to happen later or in the second half. I think it'll be the first half. Mm-hmm. Like when John got like, brought back to life. I was yeah. just going to say, we spent so much time last season. There's no way John's coming back to life the first half of the season. Like, that's like, too oh, early, blah, blah, blah. Oh. And then, well. First thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, my God. <laughs> the, I think that another important factor is that the so many of the characters are all together now. They used to have yeah. all these different characters in all these different locations, and now it's really kind of come together. So they get to focus on, they get to have scenes that pack a punch with regards to covering a lot of characters at once, whereas before they had to split that time up. So they get to focus on it. 
I like this idea of a battle kicking it off because you're right. There are that is, there are some rumors about it being a kind of a spectacular opening, and mm -hmm. battle of course makes a pretty likely call there for spectacular opening. And if you think about it, like there's not a lot of options for where where else a battle could take place on the sea. The last yeah. we saw, Danny was on the sea with all of her people. Uh -huh. I was thinking that the second episode would be a good fit for a sea battle because it's named Stormborn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, that can imply Euron as much as it can imply. It, that's yeah, that's true. One of the things. Storm. <laughs> One of the questions I'm curious about what you guys think is um, Danny, like you said, we last saw Danny. She was on the ocean sailing uh, many <laughs> to Westeros. Yeah. Many new friends. But do we think that she could make it to Dragonstone without running into any sort of issue? You know, I don't know. I think that that's a question that I really hadn't thought about until the last couple of days of I just had made this assumption that she was just going to sail on through and, and land. And, and she very well could do that because I think the Dragonstone is just a, a stepping stone in what she's ultimately going to do in this season. But that could, again, be another potential place for conflict early on is her arriving and, and not being able to do so smoothly. Right. This is, in my mind, this is where I am seeing it go. She gets the Dragonstone without instant. Her and her fleet and her army, they all get there. And then, right here, let's go invade the next place. Uh, Castle Rock. Oh, oh. Not, Castle, not Castle Rock. Sorry. Uh, King's Landing. King's Landing. King's Landing. Right. And they get ambushed by Euron's fleet. Oh. Mm. Okay. And so then she'll be there with the dragons and her army, but her fleet destroyed. And so it kind of, now what do they do? Now they have to figure out a commando raid to get into King's Landing. Or maybe they don't try King's Landing head on and go around to Castle Rock or something else. But I think it gives us a battle up front. It makes Euron important. It gives us interaction between him and Cersei. And also keeps Danny from just slicing through butter like a hot knife. She's now has this challenge yeah. again of how to move her army around. So. You said slicing. Oh, never mind. <laughs> it sounded very funny though. I, I didn't like a hot knife thing for a second. Yeah. <laughs> like, say slicing, you slicing right through a hot knife. Yeah, yeah, you said, yeah, exactly. It sounded like you were yeah, using butter to slice. <laughs> so, so you think that Danny's going to get skill. early, early political intrigue, not only like it won't just be gratuitous. Yeah. I, I yeah. think getting there will be easy. Like I don't think it'll be a battle to get the Dragonstone, but I think it'll be a battle to leave Dragonstone. Mm -hmm. And Melisandre's going to be there. I agree that Euron has to be strong, or else it's kind of pointless to have him much at all. He right. has to do some damage. Mm -hmm. Trailers yeah. kind of make it look like he's going to. Mm -hmm. but, uh, so if he does damage in the opening, yeah, episode, even if it's uh, quote unquote suicide, right? Even if it's he he recognizes his fleet's going to be destroyed in this battle, but it's worth it. Those dragons might come and burn us all up, but not before we take down Danny's fleet. And that that you know does that make sense? That I think that'll uh... an ambush makes sense that way too because if it, if it's not an ambush, then she would maybe explain why the dragons aren't around. She wasn't prepared for that. It wasn't expecting anything like yeah. that. They come in after the fact or whatever. Yeah, she doesn't want to maybe doesn't want to bring the dragons to King's Landing. Worried about destruction or accidental collateral damage. I'm not definitely not a sea battle expert, but that might even be part of their plan. Is like mm -hmm. the dragons set our ships on fire, ramming speed towards their ships. You know, burn theirs down too. You know, because the dragons were really effective in marine, right? Yeah, like they were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they roasted those ships quite well, <laughs> but they were also parked. They were pulled into a bay. It would have been difficult to flip Good around point. and catch yeah. the wind. So I'm not sure what they would be like in the open sea. But it looks like it's going to happen at night, so that's going to be pretty cool to look it's at. It's going to be very cool. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. It is at night, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we never introduced you guys. <laughs> oh, <laughs> are you serious? I mean, who are we? If you're, if you're listening to the did. podcast, uh, you've probably heard us talk about History of Westeros at some point, or you've probably seen us share their stuff on social media if you follow our social media. And if you listen to their podcast, we we uh, when we got here, we snuck on to... Well, we, it, 
Did we sneak? We, we, we planned. <laughs> we very <laughs> deliberately took over the first three minutes of it. We did. They we, beat us up, tied us into a, in a closet, and took our clothes. But we, we got you the- drinks while you were recording. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do it to Sean for some reason. <laughs> well, I just I felt like, I don't know, for some we reason Sean just was on our team. <laughs> I might have been an accomplice. He provided the rope. <laughs> but but uh, they, the uh, Aziz actually did the most panels at Con of Thrones this year. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and wow. uh, Shea and Sean, by the way. They did twice as many as I did. And uh, you also duoed the uh, Defending Dorm panel with Emmett. Yeah, uh, I did a panel stage. on the main stage, which was very exciting and nerve wracking, but went mm-hmm. very well. <laughs> you guys did awesome. But went very well. And he still is the storm and he's not with us, but he's here with in spirit. <laughs> in and Sean, you, this, was your, this was your first time doing stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And what was that like? It was awesome in every way. Everything about the con was awesome in every way. The panels were certainly like the meat and potatoes of it. And I first felt a little unprepared because there's so many other expert yeah. people on these panels and I w- wanted to make sure I was up to snuff. But, you know, I, I couldn't possibly have talked about all the stuff I had researched because there's all these other experts that had their insights. And then the people in the audience, they were fully as at least 100 people on each panel, like in, in the audience of each panel. And That's they correct. were all like engaged and ready to go with questions, with good questions. And some funny comments and you know i've i've told a couple of my friends about the whole thing i felt like it was going to game of thrones college right yeah. it's like all day long we went to these like classes uh-huh. and then after the classes we all partied and yep. then the next yep. day we went back to game of thrones classes and that when it was over we went to party some of so. the students are teachers uh-huh yeah. <laughs> and all the students at the same time can we talk about my favorite moment at con of thrones that we all had together was the night before everything started we were all hanging out and we went into the main stage, the Great Hall, whatever we called it. What was mm-hmm. it called? The Great Hall. The Great Hall. Because the sky ceiling. Um, and as they were kind of setting everything up for the weekend, we decided to check it out and kind of get a lay of the land. Scope and so things out. We <laughs> went into the room as they were setting up the main hall where everything happened, and we went up onto the stage and kind of just walked around and took it all in for a moment. And it was this really special thing that we all got to share together because we spend a lot of time doing this podcast thing and to have the opportunity to be there in person and to kind of take in what we were about to enjoy and do it was such a special moment to be up there that room was huge that room was massive and that stage felt insanely huge for our and you know we all work really hard and we're all really proud of what we do but that stage felt so big for our Mm -hmm. small contributions (laughs) to the internet you know what i mean and so it was it was a neat moment for all of us to get to do that together before uh, Game of Thrones College got too wild. <laughs> I wish the rest of our our podcasting compatriots would have been able to to come as early as we all did. We had the luxury for the most part to be able to drive. You guys came up from Atlanta. I was nearby in the Midwest, and Hannah came in early because why the hell not? Because <laughs> she's cool. Because she's cool. That really was that was so special. You guys remember standing there and taking pictures? And Hannah got a crazy got shot of us all perfectly in line, like a band photo. You, you know, I'll have to I'll have to post that. Um, yeah, we took a picture of all of us looking like the Backstreet Boys walking out. <laughs> 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 no, just podcasting about a story. Yeah, <laughs> I wish we could be doing this right now with all of the friends that we made mm-hmm. this weekend at Con of Thrones and. Um, really not much i can i mean i feel like i've been talking about it ever since it happened you know especially with you guys and but not on the podcast it's just uh it was a really beautiful collection of people and everyone was so gracious and thoughtful with what their intentions were and so friendly to each other yeah and I just it was nev- really special really never seen uh, a collection of people so so excited to be around each other 
and to be friends and like you said to to do the celebrations and the learning together and for it to happen at the the, the, the nexus right before season seven was uh was extra special I, I know there's just hundreds and hundreds of people out there who's been on call nine for the past yeah. week yes. like between the con and us now, sure. like, ready I mean, to go yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no I, I had a great time but seriously thank you guys so much for for uh i know you put in so much research for the mm -hmm. panels <laughs> and i and i know and I, i've heard personally from attendees and from friends that were there and i knew from from walking in and in seeing some of those panels there was a hallway of four panel rooms and some of the seating got up to 250 in some of those rooms mm -hmm. and i was walking by four doorways and there were people pot spilling out of each of the doorways mm -hmm. and yeah. creating another mass connecting the rooms of people looking into the, the rooms and hearing stuff that couldn't fit or couldn't stand in there. And, you know, I would see you guys in those rooms and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, all the thoughtful work that you guys put in preparing for the convention is part of what is a big part of what made that meat and potatoes such an enjoyable experience. And, uh, there was just a, a wonderful crew of people that helped out with programming that were available to me for a long time conversations ahead of it. And, uh, it just kind of blossomed into a beautiful thing. It was really cool being, a, being able to spend time with you guys and all those people with you guys as well, who were your friends or our friends. And then now everyone's just together. And it's cool because it's happening before season seven. I mean, and you had a stacked season. list of programming when you first read it to us because we had a long uh, phone call before the con a while before, before the schedules were released. And I couldn't believe how much it kept going. I mean, it was even longer than what it eventually was because you just couldn't quite fit it all in. But there were some deep cut subjects that were really exciting and intriguing. And I'm excited for everyone to be able to hear some of them. So shout out to Ashea for the Nymeria pitch victory uh -huh. <laughs> on our great debates panel uh -huh. hosted by the Storm of Spoilers. Yes. Hopefully you'll all be able to watch it online, my pitch. You're getting it tonight, right? I, sh I better be. I hope I am. And hopefully they make soon. it for real. Yeah. 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 For real, if anyone retweets it enough, then who knows? You might see it. Mm -hmm. So uh, gooey stuff out of the way on <laughs> I really would like to just I know, no. tell you guys how I feel about you this whole episode. But I, won't. <laughs> the episode. I know, I know. It's so after Paula Fairfield like kind of ruined the podcast for us. From now on, it's just going to be a yeah. Paula, if you guys haven't already had the opportunity to listen to our Paula Fairfield episode, it was one of those moments where we were on stage interviewing Paula and just like looking at each other like how is this even real mm -hmm. Paula is unbelievable brings so much passion to the story that we love and so uh if you need any more assurance that this show and this story that we care so much about is in the hands of the right people listening to somebody like that uh is gonna give you more hope and faith in what's happening in these next two seasons than I think almost anything else so. Even if you don't like what they did with Dorn. Even if you don't like what they did with Dorn. <laughs> well, the sounds of Dorn weren't the problem. Oh, they were yeah. great. <laughs> so what are you guys planning for this season? We release uh, two episodes a week. And sometimes there's a little extra coverage as well there. But a book to show episode that Aziz and I do with Radio Westeros, another great podcast. And that just obviously covers all of the book to show comparisons, which are fewer and fewer, but mm -hmm. still very relevant. And then we have another episode that we release on Monday. That's the first thing we, that we release. And that's with Sean here, our show only review, which doesn't take any book spoilers into account. And you guys do that live, right? Yeah, we do. So on camera, live with illustrated maps in the background. <laughs> and uh, anything can happen, honestly. And we're going to have stills from the 
episodes too, mm-hmm. because the new uh, broadcasting software that I use allows me to include screen caps, which will help enhance our coverage of the show. Yeah, we're excited for that. I will say that's one thing I made an effort to convey to fans at the con, uh, how much work goes into whatever you're seeing or hearing, you know, oh, yeah. lots of preparation, editing time and stuff like that. It's, it's fun to just analyze and, mm-hmm. and discuss, but there's a lot of work surrounding it all that I don't want to take away from the effort that people who are doing the research and willing to kind of put their faces out there and talk about stuff, you know, that maybe can be daunting. But the tedious editing work after the fact, that's that's what makes it all happen. It's been really uh, cool to be in the house with you guys and seeing you guys, uh, see how passionate you are and how focused you guys are at creating this thing and getting it up in time and how much you take into account what the community is saying and the, the feedback and how generally are genuinely excited you guys are at the kind of feedback you get. It's just, uh, it makes us feel a little less silly <laughs> among, among other things. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Well, it's rare, you know, everybody has a, some kind of connection to people that share their line of work and we don't, obviously there's not a lot of people that do that, mm-hmm. do this, even yeah. just regular podcasting, let alone podcasting about Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire. So it's rare to be around people that kind of, know what you do day to day yeah. and get it. Yeah. yeah. Should we try to convince every Game of Thrones podcast to move into the same house? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say try to convince every Game of Thrones fan to become a podcaster. I mean, that's you. That's you. I do. Well, I mean, you. I absolutely encourage that as well. And then I'll move them all into the and same house. And then we'll move into yeah. the same house. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the amount of people I met uh, at the convention that um, would, would introduce themselves first with their username uh, of owns uh, all, all over the years and how many of those listeners of the show were there at the convention to create their own material mm-hmm. in relation to Game of Thrones. There was a lot of people that got inspired by other members of the community and started making. And a lot of those people were a big part of what made the convention a success, whether they were a part of programming or even just there to make the atmosphere brighter and more exciting. It was it was really heartfelt. And I think it, it, it says a lot more about the kind of fans that are willing to go to a convention and spread their arms and meet people in their community, less so about I think the state of just creating stuff on the internet or the state of people creating stuff for Game of Thrones, I think it's just a, just a heartwarming thing overall. And I think in general, don't we all just want to kind of contribute to something that we care about? And that's kind of what they're doing, mm-hmm. kind of what we're doing right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know, I talked to a lot of people at the convention and I would give the same advice is that people, as we go into this new season, there's so many opportunities for you to participate and for you to leave comments and to tweet live tweet the show and to mm-hmm. create your own analysis and to send in your thoughts to all of our different shows and i think that it's such a rewarding experience to participate and so we encourage everybody to kind of we can't do this and we can't theorize or figure out what's going to happen next without the whole community and so uh don't be afraid to share your own thoughts and analysis and ideas and contribute to the conversation because we all need each other. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things we need from you, questions that we need answered. We have three questions for you all today. Everyone also listening and everyone who's been following on social media and on Watchers on the Wall. Three questions because this this off season, the longest off season that we've had, by the way, is now at an end. Mm-hmm. Finally. This weekend, which is so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, should we just go into it? Yeah, how do we want to do this? I think we should just ask them the first question. Okay, so the first question that we got is, uh, this question's a little cliche, but I do think that it lends itself to some interesting response. 
So the first question we asked is who will die in season seven? So we asked for everybody's top three, what you think deaths were, and we can have a conversation about it. And then we will go to what some of the different comments and thoughts were from our posts on social media. From Watchers on the Wall, it looks like a Stark sister is tied for least popular death. <laughs> Conspiracy with uh, Melisandre, Brienne, a dragon. A dragon. Kyburn, <laughs> the wall, and Benjen all tied at one vote. And topping off the list, I don't know if it's a surprise to you guys, <laughs> with 16 votes, Peter Baelish, a.k.a. Littlefinger. Yeah, Littlefinger definitely got the most votes. He's one of my picks. Yeah. I think he's done for. I agree. I don't. I'm maybe the dissenting voice. I don't think he's going to go. <laughs> I want to hear your yet. opinions because you were the only one here with, Shay has got notes on her phone, but you you have the real thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> paper and pencil. And he's been writing as we've been recording and it's been making me very, I was like, what is he writing about? So. <laughs> What do you have? It's what? just a poem. Just, I'm just writing a love tribute to you. No. <laughs> can't wait to hear it. My So I'm predicting Cersei and Tormund. That's who I think is going to go down. Tormund's on my list as well. Yeah, and I, I don't want Tormund to die, but I just think he's in harm's way. Why? And I, I also think from a literary standpoint, it, it'd be like a tragic moment to happen. Um, Cersei, I think, has too many enemies. She's just surrounded on every side, and I just... A lot is lost if her character dies as far as interactions and plot and so forth. But at this point, there's this whole zombies in the north thing. She can die and they still have enough trouble to deal with. So a third one, I have our, there's like 10 people I'm like 50-50 on. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I think that some, most of the Sand Snakes are going to die. Mm -hmm. I think that it's, I think one maybe should or will stay alive. But I don't know which one I think will be the one to stay alive. But I my, so two of them and then Littlefinger. Those are my yeah. answers. Which two? Just that's what I'm saying. I don't know which one yeah. I think is. I want Nymeria to be the one to survive <laughs> myself. That's what I want. <laughs> but of course, of course yeah. no. I just like Jessica Henwick because she's in Star Wars and is awesome. Yeah. But I don't want the bad pussy, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Littlefinger. I think Yara. I think Tormund. And I think anyone who goes. Anyone who is north of John, basically, I think is doomed to be John. at risk, yeah. That's like a good measurement tool. Anyone north of John. <laughs> um, yeah, I had uh, Yara on my list as well, Tormund. And I think that Littlefingers. We had, so I want to read one of the answers that we got on Watchers from Alba Stark. And I'm going to paraphrase because this was a lengthy paragraph, but a really good one. And and they, they talk about how their number one pick is Littlefinger. And they say... I think the scene is set for the apprentice to best the master, uh, but I don't think Sansa has to. The Hound is heading north with the Brotherhood Without Banners, and Sandra Clegane is one of the few people left alive who can tell Sansa what went down in the throne room when her father was arrested. Oh, yeah. And Stark goes into all these other things that Sansa hasn't said about, that Sansa hasn't necessarily reacted to, like Littlefinger's involvement with Joffrey's death, or pushing Lysa out of the moon door, or any of those kinds of things. But once then concludes with, but Sansa won't stand by when she finds out he betrayed her father. While the Hound's truths have always been brutal, they have always been that truths. And so I think that that's a, that's a compelling argument for what is going to be the catalyst for Littlefinger finally getting out of the picture. We've seen Littlefinger all over all of the different trailers, and there's been a lot of talk and conversation about how he's going to be in Sansa's ear and the the conflict that that's going to breed between John and Sansa and all of that. And so I think that Alba Stark sums it up pretty nicely 
and, and what might be the final catalyst to make that happen. I feel like with even everything coming to a head, do you think that he'll get his justice now? Or do you think it's going to be another one of those things that either George or David and Dan, you know, kind of stick till the end that even if you're a bad person, if you're crafty, it can sometimes pay off. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I I do think on a certain level he deserves to die, and I don't. I wouldn't be like, oh my god, I can't believe Littlefinger died. I wouldn't be shocked, but I just don't expect it. Partly because I think he's crafty. He's gone a long way with very little, and I don't think he's suddenly going to lose it all. He might be in dire straits now that he's been before, but so are many other characters. And he's also, again, from like a storytelling standpoint, he's he's a traveler. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He has interactions and ties with lots of other people in lots of other areas. And I think it's more likely for him to like go meet with Cersei. Not stay in the north. Than to die, yeah. But both could happen. We'll see. I like <laughs> the idea that the Hound is very believable in this. That's something I hadn't considered. I, yeah. The, the idea that he would be the one to give up this information has been out there for a little bit. And I think I agree with it. But the idea that Sansa respects his integrity as far as telling the truth. I hadn't thought about that too much. I think it's a strong point. I think it's interesting that in all likelihood, Arya will be around around that time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. she also has an opinion of the Hound and experience with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be one of the big reunitings. Just all depends on kind of what order it happens in. Right. Where do you think is going to die? I think Littlefinger's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I just, I, we were talking about his, his luck so far and I just think that his luck is running out. And and this could also be something that I'm not looking forward to and something that I was annoyed with last season is this whole John Sansa conflict that I think is we're going to continue to have drawn out. And both of them have hinted quite a bit as to the fact that, and we see in these episode titles and descriptions that were released that there is conflict in the North. And I think that some of that, especially early on, is going to be surrounding Sansa and John and her trying to get in, you know, I get in his head, undermine him, talk over him, whatever. And then the conflict of him trying to listen or not listen to his sister. And I think that Littlefinger is going to heavily contribute to that. I think that that's kind of a no brainer based off of him (laughs) brooding in the corner, looking at her the entire trailer. (laughs) Also the end of season six. Also the end of season six. I'm just, I'm not looking forward to that storyline. It is one that I don't super love. And so I think that me hoping that Littlefinger gets the boot in episode one is so that I don't have to deal with this like John and Sansa conflict that is continuing to rise. She won't say Johnson. So, but I, another, I agree with Tormund (laughs) being on the list because he's going to, we see that he's North with John. I mean, I think that that's not necessarily a good place to be. And we don't, you know, there's speculation about, what is happening in some of those promo photos, but I, it doesn't look good necessarily. <laughs> um, and then Yara is also on my list. And then a lot of votes came in for Yara and or Theon. Um, I just feel like if the two of them meet Euron and if there's a Greyjoy versus Greyjoy battle, which we, there's, I mean, yeah. If there's a, <laughs> if there's a Greyjoy versus Greyjoy battle, I don't see them coming out of this conflict that's been built unscathed you know and i think that to me having theon die is just after he's gone everything that he's gone through would be tragic to the point of like unnecessary and so i think that yara is a good candidate um and to have her die in a place you know what does she say early on the season to theon is don't die too far from the sea and to have her die in battle on the sea 
I just feel like it's is a great ending to her character. And so um, I wouldn't be surprised if if she's the one out of that battle that we see. She gets, she's the one who gets scathed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Zach? You haven't given your... I, I agree with what you said about Theon. I think that's a good point. Thank you. Um, that's not really an answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that the Littlefinger stuff makes sense, but I'm not sure. I think that the anybody north of John thing makes sense, especially mm-hmm. in the trailer with them being surrounded by the dead and the flaming sword. That to me kind of seemed like a send off moment almost, but maybe it won't be. I'm not sure. It could be like 300 in Cersei's. <laughs> not the cat. Um, go, I love, I love the fact that the wall is mentioned so, uh, so often. Yes. Yeah, so we get a comment from somebody and apologies for not writing down your name, but I laughed at your comment that the wall too is a character. And so we can't, <laughs> We can't count that out. I mean, we've been talking for a long time about the wall is eventually going to come, have to come down, right? Right. So right. If, whether or not it comes down in this season, I think is up for debate, but it's worth a point. I just have a feeling, and I don't want you guys to agree with me. I really don't. But I have a feeling that this is it for Bronn. Mm. I'm feeling that this is the end. Tell you, we thought that last season. We, we were did, sure yeah. that he really? was dead last season. I mean... It was just this cliche going off on one last adventure. I'm too old to for dorm. this, you yeah. know. And, and then he didn't. So I don't know what I think about Braun. Do we think that Braun's important enough in this yes. season? I mean, not to like undermine or anything. I can but, imagine him. him you know, I mean, I don't know. Quasi dying. Like I can imagine <laughs> his soul is going to live on in a tree or in a wall. The actor won't still be there playing him, but he'll still exist as an entity. That's what Braun. Oh. You know what? I was thinking of Bran. Oh, yeah. Bran, I was thinking Everyone Bran. makes that yeah, mistake. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Also, it was beautiful, yeah. and I hope that he's he'll be. I would be right. fine with with Bran becoming a tree. Yeah. <laughs> All that might also happen for Bran. No. We can we Bad can hope tree. that we can hope that Tyrion is the one around is around when Bran is maybe captured or cornered that's or too, something in battle. Really sad. Tyrion, that's too would, beautiful. Tyrion wouldn't let, would maybe let him live. By the way, this is your episode three seventy. Yeah. yeah. With 371, actually. 371, Why? okay. Wait, it 370 might be is our street address. Oh, is it? <laughs> hey. It might be 370. I think it is 370, but who knows? Just delete an old episode. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let the facts get in a good way. Don't zero. let the facts get in a way of a good uh-huh. story. So I hope that Braun doesn't die. Okay. Just clearly going to say that. Also, someone said Benjen. I think he sort of okay. died. Yeah, I was sort of. So Not all the way. Somebody though. said Benjen, which I was confused also about. The but. Beric's dad already, but he could still die. <laughs> That's true. Beric was on here quite real. a bit. Thoros was on here. Um, there was a split between people voting for one of the Sand Snakes, which we talked about specifically, or all of the Sand Snakes. And so mm-hmm. I think that there's a strong uh, support and can, for something happening with the Sand Snakes. And I think that once we get down to our specific episode discussion, we can talk about some of those things a little bit more in depth. But there's that. We've got who else is on this list? We've got Jorah, we've got Jamie, Dollars, Ed, Grey Worm, Kyburn. <laughs> oh. And as we get to the end of the story, we go into every season with, well, we know that people are going to have to die because that's just the nature of the game. And the list is getting shorter. Who's it going to be? Uh, that cuts us to the core. So if last season, it was everyone. What if it's Brienne? <laughs> yeah. What if it's Brienne? Oh, there's definitely a lot of characters that could die that, that would be c- devastated by it. That him. would cut to the core if mm-hmm. it was Brienne. I'm definitely worried about Brienne. I think there's a. I think it's very likely that she's one of the ones who goes north. Mm-hmm. Oh, Podrick also. With Podrick. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
you think about it, you try to count out who the 12 or 13 people going with John are, you kind of, you know, uh, there could obviously be just some random people that we don't, whose names, you know, just random Night's Watch brothers. First name Red, last name Shirt. shirt. Yeah, Red Shirt's right. (laughs) But yeah, Brynn, I just, it's hard to imagine what else she's going to do, you know, especially if Arya turns up and then she doesn't have to go looking for Arya anymore. Right. I'm worried about her. A dream team, though. I didn't even consider uh, Brienne joining the squad up mm-hmm. north. I just don't want to see her. Tormund's going to die in her arm. No. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> also, also kind of beautiful. <laughs> He's, he looks at her the way that he looked at her when he was eating that roll. <laughs> and she looks at him the way he looked at her when he was eating that roll, finally. <laughs> I don't want to see an undead Brienne, though. That would be a dangerous wife. That's what I was about to say. That would really be twi- That's how they would really twist the knife by... Not only killing them, but having them come back. Having them come back, and John has to kill Tormund later. I feel like we have to see that. Like, I feel like that has to happen. Like, somebody we care about is a white that somebody has to Mm -hmm. put down. We got a teaser for for Carsey from Hard Home, but yeah, I think think it's definitely coming. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We're talking about people dying in each other's arms, and I want to read the funniest tweet of the week. So, um, welcome to the funniest tweet of the week. This one just like, so. Uh, our friend Proma at Promo What Up tweeted, do you think John, Danny, and Tyrion will get drunk in season seven and talk about how they have all held their dying lovers in their arms? <laughs> 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 and so we could add a Brienne and or Tormund to that list of uh, holding each other as they pass. John and Danny and Tyrion have more to bond over. They can talk about how they all, you know, had Go their on. mothers die during childbirth. Or how they're all going to, you know, ride mothers dragons or whatever. died and they're... <laughs> Everything yeah. they touch dies. <laughs> so I know we don't have a lot of time in this uh, season, but if we could get like mm, five minutes of just like, well, we almost got that last season of Tyrion trying real hard to get everybody to get drunk and talk about their feelings, yeah. but it didn't really work out so it's great. It's my favorite scenes. Uh-huh. The honesty yeah. game. Yeah. I heard that that game was getting played, not to cut back to it, but I heard that the honesty game from season two was getting played at Con Thrones. Huh. Was it, it really? Yeah, it that. was, but it got turned in to spend the bottle. <laughs> I literally, there was so many people. There must have been t- at least twenty, maybe thirty people in the circle, and it got to where it was just two people couldn't hear on the other sides, or whatever you know. Yeah. So everyone just started kissing. Yeah, that's that's real, well, well, we, that's we had a real find, honesty game. That's what people were trying yeah. to do. Yeah. And we were trying to <laughs> find so the true. thing is that people had to like pick another person, ask a question, but there were so many people. People didn't know each other, and they were tending to pick the person next to them. But then people twenty around on the other side couldn't hear what was happening, and so to to randomly decide someone, I like. Through something or pen or something, wherever the pen points. And when I did that, this girl just... who was drunk because she had this empty bottle of wine took the empty bottle of wine and put it on the ground to spend, meaning to randomly pick someone. But as soon as it happens, I spend a bottle, spend a bottle, and those people <laughs> kiss. That's how spend the bottle was And it just, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a, a bottle of Game of Thrones wine. Kiss, Sean? I probably kissed six or seven different people. A couple people I kissed like two or three times. You guys, <laughs> this is not a squad cast. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, just... <laughs> All right, so uh, who will reunite in season seven? I think yeah. I'm most excited for just Arya and everyone. Like there's so many characters Arya that Arya's Paul. gonna yeah, like I mean Sansa, John, Bran, but also like but also potentially Gendry, the Hound. Mm-hmm. Like those are exciting meetups. Yeah, just the fact that we can talk about Arya being reunited with anybody. So much of last season and this season are these characters well, let me back up. So much of Game of Thrones is <laughs> all of our characters for so long have been isolated in their own storylines and have not really been interacting with each other. A lot of these big main characters that we look at you know, Danny and John and all the Stark kids and 
Braun. You know, all these people are are very much working in their (laughs) own separate worlds. And we're getting to this point. It almost feels like fan fiction, honestly. That we're thinking a lot about who Arya is going to spend her time with and who John is going to spend his time with and who um Danny is going to spend her time with. And I think that it's it's cool to finally see all of these storylines converge into a bigger it's like the story is here. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like the, it was. Le- it's like uh, almost like Robert's Rebellion, you know, leading up to uh, what ended up happening with the War of the Five Kings. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. all just layers of patterns that encapsulates the moment. And it's like we've been. Our Robert's Rebellion was when they left Winterfell. I guess if we're talking about the Starks, particularly Danny was already out east, etc. But now we've just got, like you said, everyone's coming in. So that's why I thought this question would be fun. And we asked it last year as well. And mm-hmm. I was looking at the differences between the answers from that episode last year to this episode. We've got like John, like if we're looking at the list of people here. Um, but what do you guys think? What do you, yeah, what do you guys think? I know we've got a short top? amount of time. You guys have got stuff to do tonight. We're still going to be talking. We, <laughs> we plan on talking to them for about 15 minutes at the top of the episode. It's been an hour. <laughs> it's turned into You a, know what we plan on doing tonight? Yeah. Talking about reunions coming up in season seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There is a lot of, yeah, it seems like that's going to be one of the main themes of this season in general, besides big battles. I think reunitings, reunitings? Yeah. Reunions will be a huge part of it. And I'm looking forward to some of the ones that are kind of unpredictable. I think some of the, like Sansa and Arya, I don't know if it's unpredictable so much as it'll be, if it happens, I think it will. It'll be, you know, nice. Mm -hmm. It'll be kind of satisfying. But what about Tyrion and Jamie reencounter each other? Right. Or That's Davos and Melisandre. Oof. Tyrion and it comes encounters with um John. Or Tyrion and Bronn, like I mentioned earlier. Well, we were or talking Tyrion today, and John. Yeah. yeah. We were talking earlier today about Tyrion and Sansa. Yeah. That's oh, something yeah. I hadn't thought You're about. Right, before. yeah. Tyrion and Sansa. That's a big one. That's potentially just not not necessarily them reuniting, but Tyrion finding out that Sansa's where she is. Yeah. 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 What do you think that that's gonna mean for them and will will that stately connection mean anything will either of them try to use it especially if Tyrion finds out that Littlefinger is the one who has her right that's right. going to set off a chain of reaction in his head like oh my gosh wait he's got it. then he'll maybe sort of piece it all together he just still doesn't yeah. know exactly what happened there so these reunions as far as Joffrey there's so much hinging on just yeah. which person meets with the other person first because yeah. there's so much information that separate parties have that people don't so we think about Bran and Mira coming North, coming through the wall. I mean, they don't know anything and think about what it's going to be like when they show up at the wall and get all this information about John and Sansa and the Battle of the Bastards and everything that's been going on. And and so everybody- John's parents. <laughs> John's, but everybody, I think that's a good point. Everybody has a lot of different information. The Hound has, you know, they've been existing outside of the same circle. And a lot of people have a lot of really crucial information that's going to change the way that people react to- everything you know, things that can change everybody's worldview and so it's going to be interesting but sean what do you think about i want to follow up on that thought with this uh you started off earlier talking about the the pacing of how these are going to go and how we expect more action and more movement which is obviously exciting and i understand why everyone wants that but i really like the dramatic moments i like those still shots and a character reflecting on something that's happened or whatever and i like the the i don't know normalness of certain moments in conversation like when Tyrion is just trying to pass time and having them drink yeah, that you know absolutely. I like to see their real personalities come through in some of these moments you know and uh, and I fear we won't get much of those because I would really love for Bran to come back if you just think about it how much has happened like Joffrey wasn't even dead 
You're, like the king has died, and, and by Twice. the way, he's not even the real king. Two kings it's, have it's died. Huge, many huge events, but three. those are kind of like three. Yeah, or like depending plus, on who you count as the, the king. Five. Five. Yeah, so <laughs> but those are all kind of like I don't know how to say this big, you know, big picture things, big political things, whatever. But also in closer to home for him. Yeah, think about the the family members. What's had Sansa has gotten married. Twice. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. These are all big events that would have deep meaning to him that would have long extended emotional conversations and stories Rickon's told. Rickon's dead. Rickon is dead. Yeah. yeah. And we're just not, I guarantee you, we're just not going to see Bran learn any of this stuff. You know, I And on know. a certain level, maybe we'll see some of it, but think how much how much John and Sansa would have had to tell each other and how little yeah. of it we saw. It ha- yeah. We assume it happens off screen, but I would really love to see those conversations I also, unfold. I also think about how many poignant moments were drawn out in the last season where we had a lot of time to settle into the scene and think about it and i'm thinking specifically of john coming back and i know that that is a really big moment but like that scene landed or that scene lasted forever and there was no music and it was very quiet and shuffly of of people coming in and out and so i hope to think that That i I, I agree with you because i think that those moments are almost just as impactful if not more than any sort of battle that can happen. And so I hope that, I hope too that there's weight and emphasis put on. I think we will get a lot of them because the episodes are extended length and they can't just be, I mean, battle scenes just can't be that long. It's too expensive. I mean, when they do have a huge long battle scene, it, you know, there are a few that take up, you know, like a battle of bachelors, the whole episode basically, Mm -hmm. but, but that's rare. You know, and even if there's going to be a lot of battles, they can't just occupy these full extended episodes with just battles. I think there'll still be plenty of drama. And I think they know that people have been excited, not necessarily for these big battles, but for these big reunions, for these character beats, to have a conversation between John and Arya, to have a conversation between, I mean, John and Daenerys, just these, even the first meetings and things like that. I think we'll get a lot of dialogue and cat attack. <laughs> Jake and the cat, the cat of black and white. This is going <laughs> to fall on us. He is not used to the mattress being used as a sound barrier. <laughs> like so a follow-up thought to all that is also what Bran has to bring. Like, it, not just the catching up he has to do, but on a certain level, like, it's hard for him to remove the emotion of Rickon dying and right. the curiosity of Sansa being married multiple times and things like this. But also... He's got some stories to tell. Yeah, a lot of the happenings, like Hodor. the king died, and and someone's got dragons. Like maybe that's pretty impactful. But I can just see a lot of this big news. What people might think are big move these alliances and these assassinations and everything else. Brands like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't understand, <laughs> <laughs> John. Like you might, John. A longer. couple of people understand, but let me tell you. Let me tell you something about. I can time travel. Joy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw our dad. <laughs> As a child, I met yeah. the children of the forest. Yeah. Yeah. They created the White Walkers that are real. Yeah. <laughs> also, snarks, and coming. <laughs> giants, etc. That's part of how I would answer the question here: the reunion is coming. I think Bran and X, and you know, it could easily be any or all of Sansa, John, and uh, everyone else is dead. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arya. That's right. Sorry, Arya. Yeah. Okay, so before we kind of dive into specifically to what each episode is going to look like um, because I think a lot of these reunions are going to happen pretty early on in these first three episodes. Um, Would love to get the history of Westeros hot takes on the last thoughts or predictions or feelings about not just even the first three episodes, but what you're hoping to see in this season. 
what we're hoping to see or what we're expecting to see. <laughs> what you yeah. think? I know that's very two different <laughs> questions, but I guess expectations expectations is probably the best. In terms of uh, the episode titles, I always like to look at it in terms of them having multiple meanings because they do that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great thing for shows to do. And some of them are pretty straightforward. You would think like Dragonstone, obviously Daenerys ri- arrives on Dragonstone, but it made me think of Obsidian and Dragonglass and maybe there's yeah. some greater significance than just her arriving home. And Like a flashback of the Doom. Yes, yeah, please. <laughs> uh, and then like the second one, Stormborn. Obviously, you think of Daenerys, but as I mentioned earlier, I think of like a, a stormy sea battle. I think of Euron. I even think of Gendry because he's the son of a Stormlander. Definitely think of Gendry for sure. So like yeah. maybe that's the episode Gendry shows up yeah. as the second episode, and because we know that she gets an unexpected visitor, could be Gendry, could be Euron, could be someone else. But Melisandre. I think Melisandre, but. I'm thinking of people that have to do with storms because of that. I like that idea, Gendry, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then for episode three, I tend to think that maybe that's when Jon arrives to Daenerys that early because it says she's holding court, you know? Oh, yeah. The Queen's Justice, and I think we'll definitely get a whole lot of Cersei in that. There are two queens. And I, I had only thought about really concretely for the first three episodes that we had titles for. Mm-hmm. This also says Cersei returns a gift. Which is yeah. not comforting no it makes me think of what we said earlier about maybe Yaron gave her a gift with mm. the trouble with Danny yeah know. it gives her a sand snake I don't know yeah it's a whole other thing anyway what do you think Sean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've got it I have a whole like list I can literally read off a whole list let's do it let's <laughs> run down your thoughts. should I read that list off Aziz or uh, should, should Aziz go I steal all yours go ahead all right all right I think Ron will survive Sansa will connive. Ooh, Ooh it rhymes. <laughs> Euron and Kyburn are going to get along. Yes, they will. Boobs. Mm. <laughs> I think that they're going to have some alliances of people who, even though they're like together with the same goal, are still going to like disagree about how to how to do whatever they're trying to do. Does that make sense? And I'll see, you'll see. That's like the John Tyrion stuff, Splinter from Danny or Don John John Splinter from Tormund or something like that. You know, Sansa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think Pynchon's gonna save the day. <laughs> I think that battle in the north, he's gonna like ride in and break it up somehow. I think Clegane Bowl is gonna happen. Get hype. Get hype. 2K17. <laughs> and I think Tyrion's gonna ride a dragon. Oof. That's like half of what you and I talked about. <laughs> 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 Tyrion uh-huh. and dragon. What do you think, Aziz? I think um yeah, I think we, we talked a lot the deaths are certainly important. The the Tyrion riding dragon, I agree with that. I think the wall comes down the last episode of the mm-hmm. season. And I think yeah. um I think that uh, I think that Jamie and Cersei are both around at the end, but that um, they're maybe Jamie is a hostage who's captured. He's not um, by Cersei, not by Cersei, no, by uh, by Danny's forces, either by Tyrion or by um, by Danny herself, and because uh, she would want to keep him alive, I'd think yeah. uh, he'd be too valuable to just kill. Um, so that would also allow Tyrion and Jamie to interact. Um, in a non-rushed fashion, if he's imprisoned, yeah, Jamie and Tyrion can interact well. In that case, it'd be a great scene. Tyrion can give Jamie the key, let him escape through some passage. Oh man, I owe you one. And he could kill Cersei on the way out. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> and I think we learn uh, a, a good deal more about the Walkers and their mm-hmm. oh yeah, kind of their nature. I think we, I think that. I think the explanation we've had for their existence is interesting, but 
far too uh, incomplete at this point. Yeah. Well, especially with all the promotion that we've gotten surrounding them, this yeah. whole lead up. Be surprised. You reminded me of another one I had. Bran and the Night King will have a psychic battle. Okay. Okay. That'd be mm. fun. Like in the Matrix lately. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> exactly what's going to happen in season seven. Um, we're going to, Zach and I are going to go a little bit more in depth into the first three episodes and kind of read some of your comments. But we wanted to thank History of Westeros crew for coming on for a good portion of this episode yes, and for thank you. hanging thank out you. with us and for giving us your analysis and your theories and your expertise and bringing that all to the table so thank you guys so much for love you guys hanging out with us also thank you for letting us use your bedroom (laughs) (laughs) so please leave now (laughs) this time we came on for a good portion next time can we come on for an evil portion yes yes yes, absolutely absolutely thank you so much now we'll get out of our bedroom (laughs) i also predicted at the end of every episode there'll be credits and before we go any further today hannah and i wanted to share with you our experience with Game of Thrones Enhanced Editions. iBooks has an exclusive version of George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones called the Enhanced Editions that help you keep track of the storylines and the characters in a fun and interactive way. I think that that's probably the simplest way you could describe how deep these books go. Yes. (laughs) These books are available exclusively on iBooks. Go to apple.co slash Game of Thrones to check them out. They're not available in all countries, but they're probably available where you live. That's apple.co slash Game of Thrones. We're obsessed and we know you will be too. The first thing I thought of as we started scrolling through these and reading through the series on the Enhanced Edition is how much more I think I would have loved and appreciated A Feast for Crows the first (laughs) time I read it if I had this. Because we talk all the time about how us going through the series slowly and together has made that experience much more special and has made brought me, a lot of the details out of yeah, it. Yeah, has made me love those books more than I did the first time. And I think that with this guiding you with the maps, with the histories behind the different houses and new characters being introduced, you kind of get to understand how they fit into the story as you're being introduced to them. It is so incredibly helpful for a first time reader and also for us who it's been helpful for us big time. yeah we're in it every day no when i was going through some of the chapters from feast for crows with with brianne and she's meeting people like nimble dick and we're supposed to understand and remember all of those details especially as podcasters moving forward but even as a a new reader of the series you're reading that and it might be a little discouraging to not have a complete connection to that person for the rest of the story especially if he comes back or maybe he was mentioned in a chapter before and we don't have context of of where he's supposed to be. Maybe we were supposed to pay attention to a book we read two and a half years ago. Right. right. And it, it doesn't have the same impact. But if we open these chapters, first off, you get to see an illustration at the top of each chapter. So I'm looking at a Tyrion chapter in A Clash of Kings. And I wish you guys could see this with me, but I'm just going to I'm going to describe it. <laughs> it as vividly as I can. Tyrion is marked over the top of King's Landing. It says, when we were last with Tyrion. And I click on it, and this big paragraph pops up with a, a selection of text that was curated and approved by George R. R. Martin. Mm-hmm. And these are all over the five books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's summaries to kind of keep you oriented, not just in the story, but also geographically. Because that's also something that I think is really helpful, or that I think it's hard to keep track of, is just where you are in the world mm-hmm. and these maps are really beautiful and so we get to see here we're looking at Tyrion. is i'm just zooming in just, and out of king's <laughs> he's landing just, he's just here in king's landing and it, it's, it's a really cool way to bring the world to life and it really is really really beautifully done well for me I, I, if i know we're we're reading a davos chapter 
it's helpful to know that he was stuck on a rock in the chapter before. Mm-hmm. And if he's in Dragonstone now, mm-hmm. then we we understand maybe there was 15 chapters in between there. And if you're you're reading over weeks at a time, there's not always the same recall of what the characters or are doing before. Or if at the before. end of A Dance with Dragons, and it's been how long <laughs> since you were in A Feast for Crows? You're right. It's been another book, and then we're getting an Arya <laughs> chapter. It's a different name. Uh-huh. We're not sure if it's Arya exactly. Yeah. But with this, it's uh, all the context is there. Mm-hmm. And go on, please. Well, something else that I really, really liked about this is there's these little crowns that are next to different phrases, and these refer to millions of different things. There's literary analysis type stuff in here so i clicked on i can't remember where we were but there was some reference to lord of the rings that i didn't know about and so you click on the crown it's like this is a george r R. martin is referencing this thing that happened in lord of the rings that i'm not familiar with because i'm not as familiar with that series and so you're not only getting information about a song of ice and fire you're getting information about like the literary world that it's living in that it's living in which is really helpful because george r R. martin is like this incredible author who puts these easter eggs in there that we miss all the time Uh, well i'm excited about using these moving forward for our read-through episodes because Mm -hmm. there are so many fun facts hidden here not just when you click on a bolded character's name and you get the context of where he is in the story but like you said these crowns i i saw one when we were first looking over these that it had a hint at Baelish's activity, and it was basically like Peter Baelish is being deceitful here. <laughs> and it would be really good for a reread, yeah. not just a new reader. But if you've read these books before, uh, go through with this version, with all of this brand new stuff that you cannot see anywhere and anywhere else, including uh, these illustrations that are, are clickable. And mm-hmm. we haven't even started talking about. The fact that there's a sigil guide yes. that has all of the houses. And Beautifully you, done. You click on them and it has the art and it has mm-hmm. their phrases and it's c- accompanied with family history. And it's not just in the appendix at the back. It's through the book as you're reading it. You can click on it as you meet new people. Yep. So you can click on a character. It's in bold and you get their sigil in full, beautiful color and everything about their house, their history. So you can, again, orient yourself with who they are and where they come from. And the fun facts are certainly more daunting and interesting as you get further in the series. I'm just looking at a dance with dragons versus a game of mm-hmm. Thrones. There's so much more innocent. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Ned Stark related things. Right, in well, the there's, first book. there's a lot of Peter Baelish is being sneaky. Yeah. Here, like you were just saying. <laughs> exactly. And then we've got Barristan Selmy and the green graces doing their drama and the pyramids of Marine, which is mm-hmm. full of information that has been not dug into as much on the internet because they're it's the newest book, but also right. hasn't really been touched in the show at all. So if right. you're listening and you're considering reading these books, I'm telling you, these enhanced editions are that's the place to start. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we both fell in love with this immediately looking at it. And we spend a lot of time in these books and to be able to see them in a new and beautiful way. I think this is like the perfect setup if you're unsure, if you're ready to dive into the full series or, you know. This I, just helps, you know, Yeah, it, it helps the whole process. Yeah. Starting out each chapter to get reacquainted with your environment, to have these sigils be constantly and the information be constantly in line as you're experiencing the book. It helps your memory. And I think it enriches the story. I think that we're getting kind of spoiled right now because we're yeah. so lucky it's happening with the Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really beautiful. And just wanted to mention, I know we talked about it at the top of the show very briefly, but at the back of these books, there are interactive maps called journeys and you can click on a character's name 
and it will show you the journey that character took through that book through that book it is wild yeah it is really 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 incredible so you click on jamie and we get this map of him going from river run through heron hall all the way down to king's landing you can see where he's been throughout this story on this map and that's really really cool because we don't often get to look at it in such a in such a visual way of how far he's traveled within the regions of Westeros. We hope that you guys check out George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones Enhanced Editions and have as much fun with them as we are. These books are available exclusively on iBooks. Go to apple.co slash Game of Thrones to check them out. That's apple.co slash Game of Thrones. We're obsessed and we know you will be too. That was awesome. Yeah, that was so much fun. I think that <laughs> the best. I think that the biggest thing that has come out of Con of Thrones, and we've been talking about it so much, and I feel like this episode is kind of turning into like us gushing about all of the people that we get to collaborate with and work with. But I think that so much of what came out of Con of Thrones is the building of this community mm. and the opportunity that we have to finally spend time together and to see each other as people and to collaborate. And I just I see so much of that after the convention. I see so many people that we met who we've been interacting with on Twitter for years, people who've been interacting with each other on message boards, on social media, through the podcast, got to spend time together in person for the first time. And there is such a rush and a high to that that you can't really put a price tag on. And so um, it's really fun to sit in the same room with everybody and to be able to talk about this series and this i mean the season starts in in just like a couple days and so it could not be a better time to get excited you know i think that we would be excited if we went through a chapter with with these guys but the fact that we're talking about our final thoughts and predictions for season seven Mm -hmm. is just really special i I completely agree (laughs) so (laughs) so we're sitting in the same recording uh we're really excited i'm so excited about the new season Honestly, I know that we're in an awkward part of the episode to talk about it. So now we can go back into a little bit more in depth. And I feel like we've been alluding to it this entire episode and conversation. But what's going to happen in these first three episodes of season? I almost said season one. (laughs) These first three episodes of season seven. And so the first. So HBO, if you haven't seen already, released the descriptions. And episode one is called Dragonstone, if you haven't read it yet. And the description is John organizes the defense of the North. Cersei tries to even the odds and Daenerys comes home and we talked through the, the pictures that were released and the photos and very obviously we know that Danny is going to land on Dragonstone at some point yeah. in this first episode um, but I'm kind of curious and, and you know so we talked about this a little bit earlier on in the episode is whether or not Danny is going to be able to make it there quickly or quietly or kind of whatever that entails but I'm curious as to your thoughts of, of what you think some of the major points that we're going to hit right out the, the gate, episode. right out the gate. I think that we're going to t- touch base with Arya. I think that we're going to probably get a refresher on, you know, the status of the King of the North. I just thought not only from what we talked about, but just the foreshadowing with Littlefinger was so heavy and it's continually so heavy in the trailers. It just feels uh, like that's going to be, that's it. We're going to start there and then, if John and Daenerys do meet, there are going to be circumstances based off of what happens at Dragonstone mm-hmm. for that to happen or for, for them to have a reason to come together. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that I, I, I can't decide if it's going to be a clean entry or not in the Dragonstone. And uh, 
I was going to say, I'm not sure if it matters, but it definitely matters as far as how good the episodes are. Yeah, I think so. Early on. Does that answer your question? No, I think that definitely answers okay. that question. Um, and I definitely think that John and Danny are going to see each other very early on in these first three episodes. Absolutely. Okay. I think that in order for this season to progress the way that we think it will, I think that they have to very quickly meet and get together and whatever is going to happen between the two of them. Um, I think that so episode two is called Stormborn, and it says Daenerys receives an unexpected visitor. John faces a revolt. Tyrion plans the conquest of Westeros. Hmm. And that is such a description. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Tyrion low-key plans the conquest of Westeros. Whatever. Okay. Um, but I think that what I think is gonna happen is is that John is gonna be at Winterfell and the whole Sansa thing is going to be going on and Littlefinger and there's going to be lots of talk and he hears word some way somehow of what's happening with Danny and then decides to either show up in episode two or leaves in episode two leaves whatever's happening in Winterfell and that by episode two or three the two of them are in the same place she receives an unexpected visitor in this episode and then John faces a revolt so I don't think it's each other I don't think that that's each other no but I do th- I do think that that revolt may be because a catalyst of, of either a catalyst for him to leave or maybe a reaction. Oh, I see. So something I was thinking about, and I'm not sure if this was somebody's comment or not. So something I was thinking about, and we got this comment from Brand Flakes, who I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but um, they say, I think based on the episode descriptions and interviews, John is going to be working on securing his position Sansa's going to be poking holes in it. And then Bran's going to turn up at Winterfell and everyone's going to go crazy because he's the heir to the North. And what are they going to do now? And so something that I'm super interested in, and I don't know if if that plays into this John faces a revolt thing, but Bran's the guy, I mean, Bran has the claim to Winterfell and and John's been spending all this time. We didn't mention that with them at all. (laughs) John's going to be spending all this time or has spent this time rallying the troops and getting everybody hyped up yeah. king in the north and then here we have brand he's gonna roll in literally yeah. <laughs> roll True. in and that's gonna throw a wrench into things on top of what's already going on with sansa and Littlefinger. oh man that is a perfect storm so yeah it, it makes more sense because i don't see john making a decision tactically or militarily that says for example let's ignore the white walkers and then everyone wants to revolt against him or Let's focus on the White Walkers and everyone wants to revolt against them. Right. None of, none of those make sense. sense. We've already had John. People have already revolted against him and he died. I know, but he has, <laughs> he has a new crew now. But so, but so, yeah, I, I would, it would make more sense if it's a little bit more of this like familial mess than an Ollie situation. Yeah, but how, how much are they going to believe what he has to say about what he's seen north of the wall? Brand? So, well, that's true, but just what if there's a stretch of time? It'd be interesting to see john say that because the last that we saw john he was being turned into a king or fighting in a battle he didn't really have enough time to tell all of the different houses of the north about the white walkers Mm -hmm. so we haven't even seen if they're going to believe him or the rest of the wildlings right so that's just an extra layer on top of it so if brand does come and he can confirm that's gonna be really cool when we get them confirming in all the same it's gonna be and so we see that picture of of liana mormont standing up and i feel like She's like standing she, up. Go on, please. I think it's part of the conversation. You know, oh, I think wow. that like, I think that there's going to be a coming together and they're going to continue to have these conversations and that may be, be part of it. I mean, that was from episode one. So like, I don't really know, like who knows, but. Um, it's, what was she 
already have to be standing up and having a speech about in episode King one. King of the North. Just reminding everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what the claim is. I don't know. But a piece that I'm really interested in is how the Stark children are all going to react to each other and like what that looks like. And I don't, a lot of them were last together when they were young. And so I don't really want to play onto these stereotypes of like, what Sansa and Arya's relationship was like a million years ago, because I, they're both different people. And so I, I don't necessarily want to like play into some of those. I, hope it doesn't go there. I don't think it'll go there. And I, I hope it doesn't go there. The shows in the series, I think, and I hope is smarter than that, but there's going to be, They've just gone through so much. They've been gone through so you know much. I mean? There's going to be some sort of tension but there. Like I, there has to be some sort of tension The there. same thing is happening with Sansa and John. You think about what they've each gone through. John has seen an undead ice zombie raise his arms, mm-hmm. not to mention all the other stuff, not to mention that he was brought back to life himself, and bring back a bunch of people back from the dead. You know what I mean? And Sansa's gone through every horror in King's Landing and, and arguably being in even a more dangerous position. Probably her and John, you know, mm-hmm. up, up there among the most tenuous experiences so why are they having an internal squabble that's the i mean and why would Arya and sansa after going through all that they've gone through Arya can pull faces off and change them what does she have to be bad about anymore yeah annoyed at sansa because she likes dresses i don't think that it's gonna i don't think that when i talk about like squabbles yeah i i just think that like there's just gonna be some sort of re-familiarization between the siblings as we've seen with john and sansa and again I don't necessarily agree with the way things are going with that, but I just think it's going to be an interesting dynamic. Um, and I don't know, Arya and John may miss each other. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's a really real possibility. Well, I thought but. you mean like miss each other. Like, I miss you. No, that's like, what I was thinking. No, I think, I think they already do miss each of other, but I think that do. they might not see, they might not see each other. <laughs> that would you know, not be cool. John may, may be leave what's gonna when Arya uh, is already uh, on her way. You know, I mean... <laughs> So we can't have everybody in Winterfell at the same time. This is why we haven't talked about season seven that much because we get to talking about season seven together and we come to these realizations that some are great, some are kind of depressing. Well, and all these questions, I mean, these are all things that can very theoretically happen in episodes one and two, which I think is is crazy um, and very exciting. And so we haven't even touched on episode three yet, which is called The Queen's Justice. Which is an awesome name for an episode. The Queen's Justice. I mean, you think about all the queens that are in play here Mm -hmm. too. Unbelievable. So... The tagline or the description says, uh, Daenerys holds court, Cersei returns a gift, Jaime learns from his mistakes. I think that a lot of what we've been waiting for and hoping for, because we see this in the books, is Jaime and Cersei's relationship. And what I'm thinking and hoping- you Say what you want to say. You want to see the relationship fall apart. I do. I mean, that, like that's what we've all right. been waiting for, right? Yeah. And so when we talk about Jamie learns from his mistakes, like, come on. And so I think that, <laughs> I think that there's an interesting dynamic. Everyone wants to see their boy move on from that toxic relationship he's been in. <laughs> there's an interesting dynamic here with Euron possibly showing up into the, well, likely showing up into the picture early on. Oh, gosh. And Euron and Cersei together- what does that mean? What are the implications for that? We'll talk about that. But Jamie, it's been a break between Cersei and Jamie has been coming for so long. And we can laugh about it and whatever. But like the reality is, is that if we're going to move in the direction that the books are moving in, that's something that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, as Cersei continues to, it's going to be interesting to see how she rules and, and what her next steps are going to be as the Queen of Westeros. But Jamie's going to obviously be caught up in that. And so I think that Jamie learning from his mistakes, while he himself is not a queen in the queen's justice, I think that 
he is very much at play in what Cersei herself is doing. That makes a lot of sense. And then Daenerys, you think, is that's just uh, she's doing her own thing with uh, the King of the North. Yeah, I think or that she's not or, or not. But either way, she's in Westeros holding court as somebody who believes that they are the true and rightful heir, which is really exciting. Um, we we got a, a comment from isn't July 16th yet <laughs> on Watchers on the Wall. <laughs> Same. He said, the Queen's Justice, I'm actually really excited to see Danny hold court and finally see how the common Westerosi people react to her. As this episode is called The Queen's Justice, I think we'll really see the dynamics between Danny and Cersei and how each handle polit- politics and power. And then they go on to say, I also feel Cersei's return as a gift is quite ominous and probably not a good thing. I'm wondering if she sends anything to Tyrion or Danny as a threat, but I really can't help but think of what Ilaria sent her, Marcella's necklace, in in a viper. So I'm wondering if this has ties to the Doran storyline. Mm. So the gift returning has something to do with what happened to Marcella. And so this is a question. So I think that what happened with Marcella is something that is going to have to be repaid in some way mm-hmm. in this season. And there's talk that Cersei's gift here is getting back at Dorne. If you know at one or all of the sand snakes, go for it. Um, and there's also interestingly enough speculation that that re- that um, not revenge. <laughs> it's not revenge, re-gifting. but I mean the 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 regifting or whatever for what happened could also come from like Tyrion and Danny or that uh-huh. this is a universally bad move that happened. And so, so a Lannister or someone could basically pay mm-hmm. them back. Yeah, so I think it's more likely that it's probably, well, obviously it's a Cersei returns a gift, that that's what that could refer to. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But um, That gift makes a lot of sense. That's yeah. that's on the nose. That's going to be yeah, really cool. Yeah, that's going to be, I mean, a gift from Cersei is never uh-huh. going to be. No. This is not puppies. She sent socks for Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So um, we'll see, but I definitely think that by episode three, Doran's going to be in play. Euron's going to be in play. Mm-hmm. Danny's going to be holding court. We're going to be already plotting or Tyrion's probably going to be well on his way to whatever plot was happened in the in the episode before. Man. Um, well, instead of owns for today's episode, I think we should probably look at season seven. What do you think is going to happen? As a whole. Yeah, what's the what's the big... Uh, what's season seven? Because I've heard it said that the feeling is, because this was originally supposed to only be a seven-season seven series, according to the showrunners, seven and eight are kind of two halves of the same season. Right, so right. Essentially, we're looking at We're the at season the finale yeah like this could potentially be you know how mad men was split in half mm-hmm. you know this is basically that except we have you know a larger amount of episodes than what the season would have originally looked like so we have three extra instead of you know right uh, a few less so what do i think is gonna yeah, happen in the season finale seven? basically yeah what do you think is gonna happen in the i end don't want to answer this question i don't know can i talk about the pieces that i'm most excited <laughs> sure, to yeah, hear yeah, about? Yeah. i mean i just feel like what's gonna happen is a, I read too much fan fiction. <laughs> this all feels like we talked about earlier, all these reunions and things like this almost feel fan fiction-y because yeah. I think that we're in this territory that... It's the end. It's the end. It's the end. And that's really scary. Um, but I do think, as you touched on this earlier, the wall, I think that the wall coming down is very much something that's going to happen in this season um, near the end, at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that Cersei and Jamie are going to like Valencar get at it in this mm-hmm. season. I think that that's going to be set up to be like season eight. Um, 
a piece. I'm really interested in Jamie's storyline. Um, we haven't really touched on from the trailer. We get this Jamie Field of Fire 2.0, um, very much in battle. And I'm really interested to see kind of how his storyline plays out. If he's going to see Tyrion again, what's going to happen between Cersei and just like, I'm just interested and intrigued in his character. And so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I don't know. I think that, you know, a lot of this is about Danny. This, yeah. And I think that there's some back and forth about, there's a lot of comments on watchers on this post back and forth of like, why is this so Danny centric and, and all that kind of thing. But I mean, we're, she's invading the seven kingdoms. She is. And I think that that's going to be the driving force between behind a lot of what happens in this, in this season. So Danny invading the seven kingdoms, whatever Tyrion dragons, <laughs> Tyrion dragons, ice dragons, you're on Greyjoy. Just in general. You know, I don't know. I, 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 I wish I had a more eloquent way to like talk about what I think is going to happen this season, but there's no way to know. There's no way to know. Last year before season seven, we had an episode called get hype and we opened up the episode. We were talking about how, by the way, this is officially we're completely going out of book territory mm -hmm. and what's going to happen this season. can only be informed by the book, our theories and speculation and using hints based off of what they do as a pattern from the series. And I feel like now we almost don't even have a pattern to base it off of. We don't. Because everybody is coming together and coming together has only been a very recent thing that's been like a treat. Mm -hmm. But it feels like almost it's going to be part of the mechanics mm -hmm. of this next season, this first half of the final season, depending on how everyone wants to refer to it. I'm not sure. So it's like, you know, it's down to the wire and down to the wire starts on Sunday night. Yeah. And so if we thought that season six had things that we didn't know about, I'm afraid that season seven, not that this is definitive, it's just my opinion, but I think that it's likely that Game of Thrones is going so far away from the books. So far away from the books, just in general. Which I think is fine. Which is fine. And so so this one, we really don't know yeah. what's going to happen. And there are particulars online that you guys can look up. But uh, as we've gotten closer to the release date of the new season, we've gotten more reports on the fact that HBO and Big Head Littlehead were basically doing fake filming when they thought the paparazzi was around to throw mm -hmm. people off about mm -hmm. certain plot points. So if you're comfortable and you've read all the leaks and you think that there's no surprises in store for you, there I don't think probably yeah. definitely are I surprises in be. store for you. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about spoilers really fast? Is that like, yeah, but so we're talking about spoilers and leaks and all that kind of thing. And I've been concerned. And I think that people who are participating are concerned about so much is already out there. And so what, are people going to talk about? And I think that we've tried very hard in this episode to not address definitively any sort of leaks. Um, and so hoping to kind of keep that same tone yes. throughout the whole season because there is a lot out there. And some of us have read some of it. Some of us have read nothing. You know, I think that there's people can make their own choices about what they want to do with leaks and things like that, but that we are going to not definitively address any sort of filming leak or thing like that that hasn't come out. Mm -hmm. in the episode and you can listen to joanna neil and dave's podcast a storm of spoilers for that because they've been diving into the leaks like for months yeah so if that's your wheelhouse and yeah. you've got resources for it but, right um that being said it would be really fun if we, <laughs> if we did just go read the spoilers right now and talk about it that would be a whole different game of bones anyway so uh on that note we're gonna read some spoilers they're not real <laughs> <laughs> i had to say that this is from erica on watches on the wall they commented with the link that said, remember, this site still exists and it's a Game of Thrones spoiler generator. Heck yeah. And so I'm going to read 
some the of the spoilers that were generated. You haven't read by this, the, right? I haven't read it. So this is what actually happens. Just picture it in your minds. Feast your eyes and prepare to be amazed at Muskills. Erica <laughs> writes. Davos's wife will accidentally dance with a nice old woman. <laughs> Robert Strong will arrive in White Harbor to challenge Tormund on behalf of a cache of wildfire. <laughs> Just, you know, mm-hmm. on behalf of the wildfire. Mm-hmm. After he saw all the damage the wildfire did, Robert Strong extra respects it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sam's sister will end up marrying a nice old woman <laughs> to really? cement control over Gold Town. Dormama will slice off Cersei's face. That is a 340% like- likelihood. According to this. <laughs> After drinking with Ramsay's dogs, Beric Dondarrion will convert to becoming a devout follower of some depressed gods. Okay. Or <laughs> Sansa, or Cersei is actually a reincarnation of the First Lord Commander. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Elarius Sam will travel to Bravos to create the Winds of Winter, hoping it will aid them in the war against the Foreign Force. The Foreign Force. Bran will warg into a rambunctious dwarf to murder Satan, <laughs> which isn't far off from my theory. Melisandre and 20 big men will get married against their better judgment. <laughs> Danny's horse is still alive and is actually the Lord of Light. Or Jamie and Azor Ahai will have a duel to compete for the love of the stallion who mounts the world. In a very Shyman like uh, Shyamalan. Like in a very science director slash writer like turn of events, Melisandre will be elected to lead the Alliance's army against the forces of Littlefinger. Okay. Which would be crazy. Um, Jon Snow is actually a reincarnation of Ramsay Bolton. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. And the best one of all. Yeah, the best theory of all, which I'm sure was debated at length at Con of Thrones this year. Sunday is actually Varys. <laughs> there you have it all the spoilers and leaks that have been uh, out on the internet we just read them all boom Masande is actually Varys <laughs> this has been such a fun episode this has been make. a really fun episode I almost don't want it to end I know <laughs> but we hope that you guys have had as much fun as we have um, hanging out with History of Westeros and kind of going through what we know about season 7 and we cannot be more excited to dive into the season together and to read all of your owns and to really get into the meat of what's going to happen over the next seven weeks. Yeah, we'll be doing um, episodes like usual directly after the airing. So our first take after the airing of uh, each new episode and we'll be bringing in friends from the Game of Thrones community and we'll be following up that episode with another episode in the week where we bring in your owns and thoughts and theories and suspicions and we're going to be asking questions and, and making sure that you guys are as included in this and we are on this journey together. So mm-hmm. we could not be more excited. Yeah. So on that note, let us know what you think about the Masande is actually Varus theory. Start spreading the word. Tell your friends. Make the hashtags. <laughs> and I think it would be remiss if we didn't give Clegane Bowl, get hype, hashtag TK17, <laughs> yeah. another plug. So we made we a go. we made a list of things that we wanted to talk about in this episode before we we sat down to record and we put things on there like season plans and the George R. R. Martin news and the three questions and plot points we're excited about and then we just have one line <laughs> it just says Clegane Bowl. <laughs> Clegane Bowl was uh, adapted Bowl. into a T-shirt at Con of Thrones. Clegane Bowl was a T-shirt at Con of Thrones and Clegane Bowl was also confirmed in the trailer. Was it? Yes. Okay. Well, as far as Hannah's concerned, <laughs> his hashtag. I honestly yes. Honestly, 2K17. Honestly? Honestly, yeah, yes, honestly. I know. We should tell everyone, by the way, really quick before we go, uh, Sean, who, who was just up here. Yeah. <laughs> he was spoiled slightly at Con of Thrones. My fault. 
as part of the opening and closing ceremonies, we wrote some really fun stuff. And Hannah played a character, Lady Stoneheart, which you were amazing. It was so horrifying. <laughs> she had to get her makeup off really quick before we did the uh, interview. Even ran like interview. the most important moment of my life. And I was like covered in it was dead the most persons, important moment of our lives. Dead person's makeup. <laughs> but so we'd had this like whole conversation the night before about how Sean had didn't know who Lady Stoneheart was. He didn't want to be spoilers. And yeah. I just wasn't even thinking about the fact that I was going to be on the main stage as Lady Stoneheart a mere 12 <laughs> yeah. hours later. But um, his theory before he found out who Lady Stoneheart was, was that Lady Stoneheart was going to be the referee for <laughs> Queen Game <Gainesville. laughs> Which... Can you imagine? Maybe we need to put in sound effects or something, or maybe you're all screaming at home. This is coming from someone who didn't know... He didn't have any context, really, on Click Game Bowl or <laughs> Lady Stoneheart. And we were, we were talking about those two things at once. And he was like, oh, so so Lady Stoneheart could be the referee for the Click Game Bowl. And then first <laughs> off, two things happened to me. I've never considered the possibility of us having a referee. <laughs> yeah, for the me Bowl. That would be the best. Also, what better person could be the referee for the Clegane Bowl? No, I mean, my only thing is that like Lady Stoneheart isn't coming back. <laughs> and so I don't want to tie those two things together because Clegane Bowl is very real. But, oh my gosh. you know, on that note, everybody, yeah. we are in it. It's the next time you hear from us, we'll have already seen the first episode of season seven. Just get your wild theories and hashtags and comments and owns ready because it's time. Sunday. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon. And before we go, we'd like to remind you about our new and favorite way to experience Game of Thrones. iBooks has an exclusive version of George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones called the Enhanced Editions that help you keep track of the storylines and the characters in a fun and interactive way. You'll never need to consult the Stark family tree again. These books are available exclusively on iBooks. So go to apple.co slash Game of Thrones to check them out. They're not available in all countries, but they're probably available where you live. That's apple.co slash Game of Thrones. We're obsessed and we know you will be too.